Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening. Plenty to bring you over the next hour. We have reaction to Cork City's loss last night. Cove Ramblers, meanwhile, in action against Wexford. The second half just underway at St. Coleman's Park. Wexford lead 1-0 on the night. It means it's one all on aggregate. We'll keep an eye on that. Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings looks ahead to tonight's Rugby World Cup final. Jeremy McCarthy will preview tomorrow's county final between Nemo Rangers and Castlehaven. He also brings us a chat with Orla Farmer, who tells us about her upcoming trip to Kenya for the Plant the Planet Games. Libby, Cop- Libby Coppinger also speaks to us about that trip. We hear from Douglas in Rogue. They were the joint winners of the Rebel Oak Award for September. And we round up all of the day's results, all of that between here and seven. It's Aidan Leahy here with you until 7 o'clock on the big red bench here on Cork's Red FM and uh, I suppose the two big games ongoing in Cork at the moment is that game between Cove Ramblers and Wexford FC Wexford leading 1-0 at St. Coleman's Park on the night it's one all in aggregate the winner will go and uh, face Waterford. They overcame Athlone Town 3-1 today and 4-2 on aggregate. Uh, the other big game then ongoing, of course, would be Blarney versus Newcestown in the replay of the Co-op Superstore Senior A hurling final. That's underway at Parky Cueve. It is Newcestown leading by three points. Newcestown 3-14, Blarney 20 points. Earlier on, the curtain raiser there, the Bonskers Premier Junior Football Final. Uh, St. Finbar's won out in the end uh, 3-6 uh, I've, I've got the, the wrong score down here but uh, St. Finbar's beating Kilmory just by a point so 3-6 three, three, is 15 points to 14 points it ended anyway uh, but a really close one down at the park in the junior football final I'll get a confirmation on that score uh, in just a second in the Munster Intermediate Ladies Football Championship semi-final Glenmire have beaten Boher Lahan Duala of Tipperary 2-12 to 8 points and booked their place in the decider uh, in the Premier League Arsenal remain unbeaten thanks to a 5-0 thrashing of bottom side Sheffield United Eddie and Ketia with a hat-trick there. Bournemouth got their first victory of the campaign after they came from behind to beat Burnley 2-1. Brentford earned uh, the West London Derby bragging rights with a 2-0 victory at Chelsea. Ethan Pinnock and Brian Mbowemu got the goals and that defeat means Mauricio Pochettino's side have uh, won just one of their six home games this season and uh, in the final game there's 36 minutes gone it's Newcastle United 1 Wolves 0 in rugby of course New Zealand South Africa doing battle in the Rugby World Cup final in Paris tonight kick off the Stade de France is at 8 we'll hear more about that later Ireland's women's are the WXV3 champions for 2023 Uh, Scott Bayman's side came from behind late on to beat Spain 15 points to 13 in their final game in Dubai um, all right, uh, that uh, coming up on the show, like I said, we have uh, loads of uh, loads of thoughts on tomorrow's county football final. Jeremy McCarthy is going to join us for that, and of course, Tom Savage is going to talk about the Rugby World Cup final. We'll hear about last night's action at Turner's Cross. All of that coming up after the break. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. <laughs> Cork's Red FM. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. Yes, you're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. It's Aidan Leahy here with you all the ways until 7 o'clock. Uh, just as we were going to the break there, Wolves pulled back an equaliser at home to Newcastle United. It is one all there with 38 minutes gone and uh, like that it's still 1-0 to Wexford against Cove Ramblers at St. Coleman's Park. One all in aggregate as it stands it would go to extra time of course. Alright last night then uh, a disappointing result Cork City uh, defeat that resigns them to the relegation promotion playoff now against either uh, Waterford or the winners of Cove Ramblers and Wexford 1-0 they lost last night at Turner's Cross at Derry City Rory was speaking with manager Richie Holland afterwards Richie you've lost out to an absolute screamer but like shouts for a free kick for Corksy in the build up to it 
Yeah, look, it's uh, it's a free kick. Yeah, and look, I know he's carried him after and stuff like that, but I don't think it's, there's an advantage there. Malik has to dribble in a tight area past three or four people, then gives it away, and then they counter on us and score. Now there's a few mistakes then after that as well that we should do better on defensively, and uh, that's what's cost us this season. Do you know? I'm very, very frustrated that we can't win a tackle. Uh, first of all in the box and then at the edge of the box as well that leads to the goal so look we need to be better there um, but yeah look it's it's a free kick and it should it should should be should be the game should be stopped yeah. there's no advantage you seem very very frustrated about it yeah no no I am I am I am because look people pat you in the back and all that oh good performances and all that but it's the results I'm in for so for me it's um, it's disappointing yeah we play well first half created chances and we should um should, should score maybe one or two in that or whatever you know but you know Derry are going to have a period in the game because they've got lo- loads of quality in their team and, and so on you know but just about us then just just manning up and defending it you know and I felt that we, we kind of weathered the storm a little bit and then got ourselves back into the game and so on but then when you give up goals like that then it's frustrating you know so it is what it is you had the ball in it twice any arguments with either of the goals uh, I couldn't see to be honest I think uh, Michelle O'Neill pulled the first one for the ball being out I think and uh, the second one they're saying is a foul by uh, by Rory Keaton so I don't know like it's a physical game Rory gets his, gets that as well like the other end so like, I, I can't really comment you know I haven't seen it like you know conditions didn't help but all the pitch very very heavy tonight considering all the rain that's been in Cork the last one yeah look probably was a little bit in doubt probably mid afternoon because uh, the, the rain was so heavy and so on you know but look it's great that we were able to get the game done and all that because it would have been a nightmare trying to, trying to reschedule and so on but look for us it's about getting the recovery now and getting ready for Rovers on Monday look we're in a playoff now and we need to we need to be ready for for, for the next few weeks because it's a massive few weeks for the club what positives do you take from tonight? again performance levels are like again we're matching the best teams in the league and Joe comes down to little moments but them little moments are the frustrating ones for me you know so get them right I think that that, that will be positive going forward and as you said no, there's pretty much the, the playoff guaranteed now as a result now that's going to be such a massive massive game Richie yeah look it's going to be massive in terms of dealing with the dealing with the build up dealing with the let's say the the pressure of the game because look as I keep saying look this club's a massive club and, and so on but look just because you're a massive club doesn't mean that you you, you, you like you don't have like you don't have to be in the Premier Division. So we need to work hard. And we need to be ready for that for that playoff. You know? And what do you want to see from the lads now for the next two games? Just want to see the continuation of the performance level. But just can we play a little bit more in chaos? I just feel that at times we win the ball back, we might give it back a little bit easy, you know. And that's their their little messages I'm saying inside and stuff. Like that. But for me, it's what you do in both boxes counts, you know. And, and Yes, we're unlucky in, in the attacking sense, but we need to defend the, the box better there for the goal as well. Yeah, that is Richie Holland there speaking after the 1-0 defeat to Derry City last night in the Premier Division of the League of Ireland. Like the lads were saying there, Shamrock Rovers on Monday and then Bowes the following Friday. It's a huge uh, couple of weeks for the club now. And I suppose, first of all, you're hoping that they come through those two games without any injuries. And secondly, then you just want them to perform as well as they can against those two teams. Two teams that, with all due respect to Waterford, Wexford and Cove, um, are two better teams, obviously. And if you can match their performances uh, in those two games, you'd be thinking you're you're standing in a good stead heading into the, the playoff uh, against whoever that is. Uh, so, look huge for Cork City and uh, how great would it be if it was a Cork Derby um, in that uh, in, in that promotion relegation playoff final it would be bittersweet but look there's a lot of water going to the bridge yet it's Cove Ramblers nil, Wexford FC 1 and 1 all on aggregate 58 minutes gone there um, Crawford with the goal for Wexford um, alright we'll keep an eye on the Cove Ramblers score but tonight is a huge night a night that we thought maybe we'd be involved in ourselves but unfortunately it's not the way it's panned out a team that uh, Ireland beat in the pool stages South Africa contests the uh, Rugby World Cup final against the team that knocked Ireland out New Zealand it's set to be a cracker of a game Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings is going to talk us through it alright delighted to say I'm joined on the line by Tom Savage of the Three Red Kings ahead of tonight's World Cup final in Paris it's New Zealand versus South Africa it's two teams that nobody should be surprised are in the final but uh, maybe a bit surprising in the way they got there yeah, no. Look, it, it's it's a weird one. So South Africa versus New Zealand sounds like a World Cup final, but I, I think when you look at how you know New Zealand's year went, um, you know, last two years went building up to this. 
when you look at how uh, South Africa's pool went, finishing second to uh, to Ireland. Uh, it was, yeah, just a very weird... Uh, it's a very weird World Cup, the way that the whole draw played out. I know it's been done to death, but I think that adds to the sense of weirdness. Um, but I, I don't think you can... You can complain, I feel, with the, the strength of their performances in the knockout so far. I think that uh, South Africa were very impressive against uh, France. Less so against England, but showed an awful lot of, of, of guts and determination to get through that game. And uh, New Zealand had their big win when it counted against Ireland. So uh, here we are. I think it's going to be a good final, a very good final, I would say, regardless of maybe how predictably unpredictable it is. Yeah, um, I suppose maybe just to look at that South Africa England game, like um, Razzy Rasmus maybe played. It was a, it was a big gamble at the time, but it was one that certainly paid off for me. Took off his two best players um, in in Khaleesi and uh, and the it, uh, it's uh, the big tall fella. It's a bit. It's a bit. Um, took the two of them off. They were playing bad, and when players are playing bad, no matter how good they are, you take them off. And he was dead right. It worked out for him. They got the win in the end. In a way, it kind of showed Ireland what they should have done against New Zealand. You know, I mean, I think we left a couple of guys on the pitch there uh, slightly uh, too long as well, just out of maybe um, a sentiment uh, that kind of way. But there's none of that with Razzy Erasmus. And those two guys will be absolutely raring to go now for this final. So it's a bit of a masterstroke by him. Oh, it is. Look, Razzy is the guy. He's the exact opposite of sentiment when it comes to handling his team on the field. And I think looking at how... He pulled um, their um, 10, Manny Libok. Um, he pulled him off the field, I think, what, 30 minutes in to get Andre Pollard on um, because he, he could see what way the game was going. That's a, a big call, and that's the kind of call that you want your coach making in big, high-pressure games. I feel Ireland didn't do that. In this game, Razzy Erasmus showed that he is not at all afraid to make big calls, and they, they did it again this week with a 7-1 split on the bench there's risk associated with it just the same way as there's a risk in bringing off your your 10 after 30 minutes um but Razi Erasmus has been a a gambler for the last four years and it seems that they they keep pulling off of them but whether they will or not I think we we will see this evening yeah and I suppose they must have a massive monster presence in it even you know playing wise John Klein and RG Snyman and uh, Felix Jones in, involved with the backroom team Razi Rasmus obviously as well uh, head coach with Munster for, for many years um, There's uh, it's, it's amazing for the likes of a John Klein isn't it that he's in that squad um, and RG Simon is RG Simon still a Munster player I'm, I'm a bit confused on that is he, he? he is RG is still he's going to be with Munster for this coming season um, both himself and John Klein are out of contract um, this co- at the end of this season so um, Munster will have to renegotiate with both of them they'll have to get dispensation from the IRFU to sign well either of them but getting both to, to re-sign a contract will be difficult I think getting permission I think both would do it in the morning if Munster had a free hand but um, it's about getting permission to do so but yeah look for John Clayne it's, it's just such a massive year he's had you know to win the URC with Munster uh, to have a little, you know, little baby boy born at the same time as my daughter inside in the, the hospital in Limerick, and to see how he's grown as a player, and I think a lot of the talk that's been around John Clayne over the last four years has spread from that in 2019 when he got in. It, personally, I think that it was Ty Byrne who got in there ahead of Devin Toner, um, but yeah. when you look at John Clayne, the abuse that he took back in 2019 um, from you know, newspaper outlets, journalists, ex-players, um, slated. And, you know, at the same time, the, the lack of respect he was paid in the last four years um, when he's been playing really good rugby. This idea that he's only started playing well in the last year, for me, is, is rubbish. Anybody who's seen him play would know the value that he brings in his role set. You know, not every player brings the same thing. And what John Klain brings is something that the Springboks really value, which is massive scrummaging, Massive work at the line-out mall um, on, on both sides of the shove, offensively and defensively, and a really heavy breakdown presence, um, as well as being a guy who, he's six foot eight, he's 125 kg. When he hits that line from short range, he commits defenders and he, he hurts guys. And that's the kind of second row that they want. That's the kind of second row that they like to play with. And I think when he was initially brought into the squad, I think that you know people had this idea that, oh, well, he's only there for the Irish line-out calls or he's only there as a mind game. Honestly, I think that he was brought in as a fellow who gave them 
an awful lot of what even Etzebet gives them. Not the exact same type of player, yeah. but a lot of the same things. Because um, that tight head lock, that's the, that's the position he plays. It's such a valuable position in rugby. Ireland felt that we didn't need that type of position because we felt that the scrum didn't matter. That was shown to be a little bit uh, erroneous in that game against the, the All Blacks and would have done against uh, the Springboks as well. We were lucky to escape from that game with a win, I felt. But that's kind of the, the story of Jean Klein where he's just been the guy who's kept working on his game and proved people wrong over and over and over again. Like For him to be in a World Cup final, he's already won. Yeah, and uh, the All Blacks, look, I suppose they've they've just come into serious, serious form. Look, they're a collection of some of the best players to ever play the game. Surely they were going to get it right at some stage. They've gotten it right right at the perfect time, and, and for the coach Foster as well. Um, he couldn't have timed this better. He's going to be leaving the job after this game, funnily enough, no matter what happens. Um, but it's the perfect clash of styles, isn't it? It's New Zealand... And all there about, you know, quick rugby and it's South Africa with all there about and, you know, tough, dogged and mind games and skullduggery and all of that thrown into it. Uh, they're the perfect matchup for this. Oh, they are. And I, I think that with uh, South Africa, I think we've seen this year, they've tried to change their game. Like they don't kick as, like as in Ireland kicked the ball more than South Africa at the moment. Like you wouldn't think it over the last year, but in, in 2023, Ireland have kicked the ball on average more often per game than what South Africa have. They have tried to change up their game um, to move with the times, I suppose. Um, but you look at the All Blacks, they have kind of stayed in the same vein of where they kicked the ball an awful lot against Ireland, like an awful lot. And that actually won them the game, I felt. Um, so whether or not they'll they'll be able to bring that game here. I think, as you said there, it's what it makes this game so important. It is a clash of styles. Like, I think for the, the All Blacks, they will want to, to, to kick the ball on their own terms off 10. They'll want to get the Springboks moving up and down the field, whereas the, the Springboks will want to try and pin these guys down and start um, hurting them in phase play. That's what, their, that's what their game is going to be based on. I don't think we'll see the, 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 the Springboks kicking the ball to them too much. Now, they, they will obviously kick for position a few times, but I don't think they'll want to be releasing the likes of Borden Barrett and Will Jordan too often or give them space to kick and put the Springboks under pressure territorially. I think this is going to be a game of the All Blacks wanting to kick the ball and the Springboks wanting to hang on to it. Weirdly enough, I think that's going to be how it's going to play out, I feel. And uh, then you've got the scrum, which is uh, a massive talking point this week and one where I feel the, the, the Springboks will, that they have a secret weapon in Oxenche. Yes, uh, it, it is going to make for a fantastic matchup, and even just some of the players involved. And obviously, Damien Dale Ende, another uh, former Munster man involved as well. But even the two 11s there, Mark Talea, Chesling Colby, they've been two massive players for both of their teams so far as well. Uh, it's a fascinating matchup. But all the big guys, it could be somebody like Chesling Colby, probably the smallest man on the pitch tonight. Uh, that could be a massive factor. Uh, just to wrap it up then, um, look, we've, we've gotten here. It's New Zealand, South Africa. Who do you think is going to take home the Webb Ellis Trophy? Ah, oh, geez. Look, I, I think it's going to be very, very tight. Um, I think when it comes down to it, the weather that's that they're due, that they're due to have tonight in in Paris is wet. It's going to be cold. I think if it gets down to a lot of set piece, I think that the Springboks have the firepower both in the lineout, the ball, and certainly the scrum to hurt the Springboks and or to hurt the All Blacks and drive them back up the field repeatedly. If it plays out like that. I think that it could end up being a long night, actually, for uh, for the All Blacks. They'll want to break break out of that. They'll want to play, like I said, a lot, with a lot of fluidity. But I'm going to go for the Springboks. I think they're going to win this game maybe five, ten points, with the mall and the scrum in particular being a, a big, big factor. Excellent stuff. Well, hopefully we get a good old test, and I think it will be. It'll be a good old match, I'd say, tonight between the All Blacks and the Springboks. Uh, Tom Savage, Three Red Kings, thanks, Ben, for joining us. Brilliant. Thanks, man. Yeah, and it is pouring rain in Paris at the moment, so advantage Springboks, you would have to say, uh, in that one. And uh, while we were talking to uh, Tom there, Newcastle have gone ahead just before the break. Callum Wilson has put uh, them 2-1 in front. And it's full-time at Parky Cueve in the Co-op Superstores Senior A Hurling Championship final replay. And Town have gotten the better of Blarney 
It's ended up Newcestown 3-17, Blarney 24 points. Congratulations to Newcestown. They'll be playing Premier Senior Hurling next year and commiserations to Blarney, of course, who are trying to get straight back up after relegation last year out of the Premier Senior grade. Um, all right, uh, now we are uh, moving on and uh, looking to tomorrow's Premier Senior Football Championship final between Nemo Rangers and Castlehaven. Uh, I think it's six times since 2013 or something like that since they uh, that they've met in the final. Uh, it's sure to be a cracker. John McCarthy is going to talk us through it. All right, Jeremy McCarthy is on the line now ahead of the big one tomorrow at Parky Cueve, the county football final, the Bonskiers Premier Senior Football Championship final between Nemo Rangers and Castlehaven. Jar, I suppose, over the last 10 years, this has very much been the El Clasico of Cork football. Yes, that's a very good description of it. Um, in Of the three teams that have dominated the Premier Senior grade, uh, the Bars, Nemo and Castlehaven are the other two of that triumvirate, and certainly any time that they've met, um, it's always been an occasion. It's always been a spectacle. And I think the two teams have a reputation because of their managers, Paul O'Donovan and James McCarthy, of playing football on the front foot, attacking football, or at least trying to. Um, and I think a lot of people are excited about this uh, county final on Sunday because we have two of the farm teams. And as you said, two clubs that have picked up silverware, maybe not enough of it. And, uh, you know, in their own respect, they'd probably like to have won a few more over the last decade. But certainly we have two of the best teams in this grade in the final and if anything if it's anything to go on their previous uh, meetings this one should be a cracker yeah it's very interesting isn't it like Neo Rangers I, I suppose everybody expected them to be beaten last year in the final and uh, as we learned you never back against Neo Rangers in a county final um, Castlehaven though I suppose coming back into this after a couple of lean years um, they'll be really hungry Brian Hurley especially you know he's unfortunately not got too many years left um, playing senior football and uh, playing for Cork either but it'll be uh, a sweet one for him and for Castlehaven if they can get one t- uh, tomorrow it certainly will and uh, you mentioned Brian Hurley you can also mention Mark Collins Michael Hurley and Damien Callan in that in that bracket they've been around so long they're not old by any means but they've been around for so long and began playing senior football at such a young age they are by far the, the most experienced some of the four of the more experienced players in this Castle Avon team coming into the final the thing is Aidan this season it's not really been about them um, in the group stages and certainly towards the end of the championship it's been about the younger players, uh, the Rory Maguires, the Con Maguires, the Jack and Connor Cahillans who played so well in that 116-211 defeat of St. Finbar's in the semi-final. They're a different beast this year Ed, um, in that, insofar as what Castlehaven have done to most of their opponents in any of the games that we've covered here on the Big Red Bench. We've been lucky enough to see them in the flesh. They've controlled a lot of games. They've, they've been patient. They've not gone all out of attack like in previous years, looking for Brian Hurley with diagonals with every single attack. They're more varied now. They're definitely a different beast compared to previous finals. And I think James McCarthy and his management team have learned from defeats, you know, heartbreaking, you know, penalty shootout defeats to the Bars in recent semi-finals and getting to the latter stages, but not having enough to get over the line. And what you'll see in Parky Creve on Sunday is a very different Castlehaven team. Yes, they'll get the ball forward to Brian Hurley. They'll get the ball forward as quickly as possible when the opportunity arises but they're also a far far more patient team and keeping control of games is something James McCarthy it's a mantra he's preached a lot during this year and his team are certainly more experienced they're more rounded but they are no longer overly reliant on Brian Hurley and Mark Collins and the other players you know to get them over the line in tight games they've proven that already this year it's the younger core that have come through that have been so important to them and that would be absolutely vital if they're to overcome Nemo yeah and like Nemo they must be the most confident team to ever go into a county final. Like, I mean, they've done this so many times. They're the experts at this, um, and they're they're hitting their stride once again. They can just time this run so perfectly, can't they? Uh, even I suppose, like, uh, borne out in the fact that Luke Connolly scored two, three of his two-way tally in the semi-final of this year's football championship. Um, it'll it, they they go into this with a lot of confidence. They do, and like the most ridiculous stat I've read this week, and there's been some great newspaper coverage, Nemo have won 23 of the 27 finals they've been in. That's the hallmark of a club steeped in tradition and steeped in winning. What I like most about this Nemo Rangers team, though, is they are are the mirror of their manager. Um, Paul O'Donovan wasn't slow to criticise this week, saying he can't understand why so few of his Nemo team haven't featured for the Cork seniors, and it's an interesting question and an interesting debate for another day, Aidan. He has a point, perhaps, 
But this team and this Nemo Rangers team were written off last year coming into the county final. I remember Paula Donovan asking everybody in the press corps in the run-up to it, who did they think was going to win? And based on what we had seen and written about, it looked like the Bars were going to do it. But for three, if not four weeks prior to that county final, Nemo went into basically a camp, early morning training sessions, full on all the way up to the final, and they blew the Bars away in the opening five, 15 minutes and built a lead that they were never going to give up. They're going to have to do something similar this time around because as good as they are and as talented as they are, and they are a very, very good and underappreciated team, I think, even with everything that they've won. Like, they've won all three group games in such impressive fashion this year. And it's not just Luke Connie that you mentioned there, but Paul Kerrigan is still yep. there. Kevin Fulignati, like Mark Cronin, they have weapons all over the pitch as well. They know exactly what they're getting into against Castlehaven. But I think they also know that even though they came through um, you know, a very, very impressive run to the final, and even though they were very, very good against us, kind of Kilty in a dour shootout, and then Duhallow, you know, to put 3-10 on Duhallow in the semi-final, and get to, look, this is a team built to win counties, but they are facing their stiffest challenge of the season. They know that, and they're going to have to prepare accordingly, and it's going to be fascinating to see how they, what transpires on Sunday. We are in for an absolute cracker no matter what. Um, but this Nemo team, make no mistake, they respect Castlehaven, they know all about them, but they're going to have to up their game if they want to win this trophy. The curtain raiser then is the Premier Intermediate final between Banshee Blues and Kilnamartra. So much on the line, isn't there, in the Premier Intermediate final. It can be the the boost to that club and send you into senior football and it could be the start of something unbelievable. Um, and if you lose it, then you've got to try go do it all over again. It's such a competitive grade. Um, how do you see this one going? Um, you're right, it's an incredibly competitive grade. You're right that these two clubs, last year's runners-up Bantry, uh, perennial semi-finalist Kilimatra, it's all on the line. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Two attack-minded teams. Bantry really came through a tough test against Kilshanik. They barely got over the line 112 to 111, having absolutely stormed through the championship, including beating Nemo Rangers' second team. They've got talent all over the pitch. They've got Rory Dean, the Cork senior. They've got Sean O'Leary, Arthur Cronin, Paddy Cronin. Kildamartra came through an absolute battle with Castletown Bear in their semi final, in which there were five players between yellows and reds and blacks dismissed. They are missing Ty Corkery, their Cork senior. Following a red card in that semi-final, his appeal was not successful. He's a huge loss to the maiden. Absolutely. Uh, he'd be a huge loss to him in any game because of that and because he's not there. I, it, there's very, very little between these teams. I think last year's heartbreak at losing to Cantor, I think the fact that they have gotten so much stronger, their younger players have improved so much and I've seen a good bit of Bantry this year, I think the Blues are going to just about do it. But they will need to be at their best because this Kilimatra team have got scores all over the pitch and even though they are missing one of their best players like Corkery, they still have plenty in the tank that can trouble Bantry but I think because of that it'll be very very tight and I think Bantry the heartache of last year getting to the final and not making it being well beaten by Cantor I think that has driven them this year and I think the Blues will be the ones that emerge victorious from this one and the game after that then just to get a prediction Castlehaven or any more Rangers Todd I'd gotten away with yeah it. Um, I wasn't going to let you off there I think Castlehaven are going to do it. I think they're just that bit smarter and cuter and game management is going to be vital. I think both teams will go defensive for periods of this final, but I think the attacking talent on, on display from both teams means it's going to be a shootout. The Haven showed they have matured and the Haven showed that they have an extra bit about them this year in the win over the Bars in the semi-final and their path to the final. I hate betting against Nemo. I know Paul Dunham is going to be laughing because I bet against them last year as well and he'd be delighted. But I just think... I just think the Haven are so much improved in the last six or seven months, Aiden. It doesn't really matter. If they play to their full potential, they'll win it. Yeah, that's Jeremy McCarthy there on tomorrow's Premier Senior Football Championship final. My thanks to him for joining us to preview that one. We'll hear from Jar again in a second. But huge news to bring you of a goal from St. Coleman's Park. It's Cove Ramblers 1, Wexford 1. James O'Leary has equalised on the night for the hosts. And Cove Ramblers now take the lead on aggregate again. 2-1 it is there and Cove Ramblers if they can hold out that goal was scored in the 75th minute a couple of minutes ago they're 78 gone if they can hold out they'll be facing Waterford in that uh, promotion final for the right to play Cork City in the promotion relegation uh, playoff for the Premier Division alright uh, 50 inter-county players past and present are gearing up to, to experience a life-changing trip 
to Kenya next month as part of the Warriors for Humanity group. They'll take part in the Plant the Planet Games. The players have raised hundreds of thousands of euro as they aim to plant trees to tackle the devastating effects of climate change and raise awareness of the work of Self-Help Africa. Cork footballer Orla Farmer is one of the players involved. She's been speaking to John McCarthy. Right here on Cork Shred FM's Big Red Bench, we are absolutely... D- Delighted to be joined by multi-All-Ireland winning former Cork LGFA senior footballer, Dr. Orla Farmer. Um, Orla, you're very welcome to back to the Big Red Bench. How are you, first of all? Hi, Ger. How are things? Um, I'm very good, thank you. Um, really appreciate you having me on. Not at all. Before we start talking about what you're about to embark upon, um, you live in Middleton, you're in the Middleton area. It's been a very difficult time for people living in the Middleton area and people close to you. How are things going since the flooding floodwaters have receded? Um, and I know there's a lot of great community work going on in the cleanup there, but from your own point of view and living in Middleton, how are things right now? Yeah, well, look, thankfully the businesses and some of the homeowners, um, because we're still, still in the cleanup stage right now, but oh, I mean, it's just been devastating for the town and for the people and I, I don't think anybody expected it to be this bad, to be quite honest. Um, it, it, it was like, you know, when you see things over in America and, you know, like hurricanes, it was it was like that. It was literally like a tsunami going down the street of Middleton. Like, I've never seen the likes of it in my life. And it's just devastating. And my heart goes out to the businesses and some of the homeowners. But, look, I suppose, you know, it's, it's a week now. You know, it's been a week since, since the floods and... The people of Middleton have just been fantastic. You know, the, the generosity of spirit of the people just to help each other in, in times of this crisis um, has been brilliant to see um, given the circumstances. So, look, I think like as a town, we, we'll work together and we, we'll bounce back, but it will take weeks, if not months, to, to get back on track. And back on track, you will certainly will. Uh, great to hear the community spirit there in Middleton, alive and well. And we wish everybody, businesses and every homeowners, including like yourself, um, all the best with that. It's uh, it's it's hopefully better days ahead uh, for Middleton. Now, the reason you are on the Big Red Bench here talking to us is because, as usual, you're on your travels. As anyone that follows Orla on our social media account, she's a bit of a globe trotter to put it mildly, but... In November, you are travelling to Kenya with a group of 50 inter-county GAA players as part of Plant the Planet Games 2023, which is a partnership between Warriors for Humanity, Self-Help Africa and the Gaelic Players Association. First of all, Orla, why are you doing this? And secondly, who are you going to be fundraising for? So, um, first of all, I'm absolutely delighted to be involved with Plant the Planet Games this year. It's a fantastic fundraising campaign and a brilliant opportunity, I suppose, to make an impact, really, on the communities over in Kenya. So, as you were saying, I will travel to Kenya next month um, with the group of GA players. You forgot to mention there, um, past and present GA players. There. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's great. <laughs> um, so, no, it's, it's, a, it's a brilliant um, fundraising campaign, but we'll also be, I suppose, involved in climate-related um, and culture-related projects over there. Um, and I suppose the main aim while we go there um, in aid of Self-Help Africa is to actually plant one million trees. That's our target while we're over in Kenya. Um, and I suppose, you know, it's just usually beneficial in terms of planting trees because, you know, it's not only helping, like, the families with shade and shelter and food, but also it's helping promote positive, like, climate change, rehabilitating the, the land and the soil. Um, and it, that's going to have a sustainable long-term effect on the families over there too. Um, while we're over in Kenya also, we will be um, playing an exhibition GA match. Um, so there'll be lo- locals come to watch the game and we'll be introducing the skills of Gaelic football and of hurling and camogie as well. So it's great to bring, I suppose, you know, that, that, that spirit over, over in Kenya as well um, and also link in and, you know, make an impact at the end of the day. Um, I think that's mm-hmm. the most important thing and what an opportunity, you know, to go um, and give back give back to communities, particularly communities in need as well. So um, Self-Help Africa is the charity um, and that's what we're fundraising for as part of the, the trip to Kenya. And fair play to you and the, the 50 past and present J players that are doing this because, look, you can go on something like, you can go on a kind of a promotional tour, but you're actually in the act of planting one million trees, which is going to have a huge effect on the people that live there. And, you know, through the GPA and through GAA, you're spreading, you know, it's a really positive thing that you're doing. I know you're a very positive person anyway, Orla, but this is a really <laughs> positive thing to do. And I've seen 
players that have been there previously and spoken to them and the effect that it has on them when they come back, meeting the locals, helping people, you know, and doing something tangible, doing something that's really, really important, which is planting one million trees, but also spreading the good word that there's people out there that care about these people outside of their own country. It has a life-changing effect on the people that have been there. I assume you're going to expect something similar for yourself. Absolutely. Um, I'm really, really looking forward to it and I'm just very grateful to have this opportunity to go over and, you know, as I said, help the communities and the people in need over there too. But like, I think the, the main thing is, is like leaving a legacy, but also the sustainability of it. Like we're not just going over just, you know, as a once-off that we're actually planting something tangible that's going to have an impact for years to come, you know, generations to come as well and it's going to affect the families you know, in a hundred years' time and, and, and whatnot, that it's, we're leaving that legacy and we're leaving that impact as well, and that's important. No, it is very important, and it is going to be a legacy that you leave there. Before you get to Kenya, you are fundraising, um, and that's all part of this process before you go across and fly over with the 50 former and current inter-county GA players. As usual, you've come up with creative ideas, which does not surprise me, <laughs> one iota. Explain to the listeners, uh, Dr. Orla Farmer, what are you doing as part of this to raise money and funds for Self-Help Africa? What have you set up? Yeah, so to raise the, the funds for South South Africa, I am running two fundraising events. So um, the first fundraising event will be happening uh, on Monday, the Bank Holiday Monday, next on the 30th of October in Middleton GA Club. So I'm holding a, a GA memorabilia exhibition. Now, this is a really fantastic exhibition there, and um, it's actually uh, belongs to a, a guy called Dennis O'Sullivan from Ballyno, and he's actually a family friend of mine, and and it was actually my, my granddad, um, who I never met, my dad's dad, who I never met, had started off this memorabilia um, over the years and started collecting, I suppose, collections from like Christian Ring back in, you know, back in the day and match programs and I suppose photographs, um, medals, uh, jerseys, commentary. So this is a real variety of, I suppose, memorabilia um, and in, including Christian Ring, also um, memorabilia from the late Eamon Ryan and Paddy Palmer and Teddy McCarthy as well. And there's a good range of, I suppose, hurling and football from mainly Cork County. Um, but it's fantastic memorabilia. And I'm, I'm holding it from 11am to 5pm on the Bank Holiday Monday, the 30th of October in Middleton Jacob in the hall. Um, and I would love if anybody's around, look at the Bank Holiday Monday. I'm sure there'll be a few hungover heads on the Monday. But um, it, it's a fantastic opportunity just it's a blast from the past, really, um, and you know you'd never know what you'd find there and bring back some memories, and sporting, sporting memories, some sporting heroes. And I would love the support. Um, if if you could pop in even for twenty minutes, half an hour, um, I'll have some donation boxes um, around the hall as well. If anybody would like to kindly donate in aid of South South Africa um, as well, so that's the first fundraising event. <laughs> and the second fundraising event, I'm actually running a spinathon. Um, where I will take the, the, the spinning bike at the farmer's market in Douglas um, on Saturday the 4th of November. So from 10 until 1pm, um, myself and some other GA players will take the spinning bikes at the market um, and we'll, we'll just continuously spin between 10am and 1pm um, in order to raise funds as well. And I suppose I'm also, just, just in terms of a fundraising campaign, I'm also, I've decided to, I'm in the middle of it now at the moment. I'm running the distance of a marathon, like solo running with a ball, just in different locations around Cork. Um, so um, I'm breaking it into kind of like two, three, four kilometres each run, solo running with the ball. Um, I've got a few kind of looks now, um, kind of strange looks from people while I was solo running in the woods the other day in Middleton. I'm like, why is she running with a football? But um, I'm doing it just to raise funds, obviously, for, for Self-Help Africa and the whole point of it is to cover the distance of a marathon, which is 42 kilometres over a four-week period. Just, I suppose, generate, you know, more awareness for the charity um, and hopefully more support as well. 
Well, they are three very unique and fantastic um, ideas. Uh, solo running the distance of a marathon does not surprise me when I order from your playing days. And maybe, <laughs> just maybe, is this a comeback as well, Orla, possibly on the cards? Well, look, I have to keep fit there. Okay, I have to keep okay. Fit. We'll come back to that. But for, as, you, as you've outlined there, I suppose the, the first one and the big one is on Bank Holiday Monday, 30th of October from 11am until 5pm at the Middleton GA Club Pavilion Hall. Please get down there because this sounds like an absolutely fantastic GAA memorabilia exhibition. There's lots there um, for for people to drop in and look at and look through from uh, even from since the 1880s you've said they're right up to modern day mm-hmm. um, and the fact that you can contribute there there'll be uh, donation boxes the Spinathon is coming on November the 4th and you're all, at the moment you're running solo running the distance of a marathon but if you're listening to this and you want to donate to this fantastic cause and uh, for Orla and, uh, and help her before she goes to Kenya if you go to idonate.ie slash fundraiser slash Orla Farmer you can donate right there on your phone or on your laptop or on your computer and if you just search for idonate.ie and Orla Farmer you will find that link there as well we'll put that link across the Big Red Bend social media network as well and make sure people have it right up until before you go um uh, Orla, before I let you go and look again it's a fantastic cause and we wish you all the best with it and we'll certainly catch up with you when you come back and hear about all the stories from Kenya um, it's obviously something you're looking forward to and you're obviously determined like I know you a very determined person you will raise as much money as you possibly can but this is such an important cause but it's also something I would imagine that you're looking forward to and uh, uh, again not without not overstating it but it could be, it is one of those life changing experiences Absolutely, yeah. And I'm, you know, I'm, as I said, very grateful to have this opportunity. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to make an impact to hundreds, if not thousands of, of families in Kenya and across Africa. So, you know, every little helps. And I would really, really appreciate if you could, you know, c- come down to Middleton or to do- the Douglas Market or, you know, even support on the I Donate link as well. Um, I, every little helps at the end of the day. And it's for a great cause. So I would really, really appreciate all your support. Orla Farmer, we wish you all the best with that. Again, idonate.ie slash fundraiser slash Orla Farmer. We'll put that link out across the Big Red Bench social media network. But between now and when you leave in November, we wish you all the best and good luck when you get to Kenya. Thank you so much, Sherry. Appreciate that. Excellent stuff there. And Cork's Libby Coppinger is also one of the players involved. And we're going to hear from her in just a second. It's still one all at St. Coleman's Park and it should be into injury time now. Um, can't find uh, if it says... I'm trying to look on Twitter here to see if it says what uh, the uh, fourth official has put up on his board, but it's definitely into the 90th minute. It's Cove Ramblers 1, Wexford 1 on the night. It means it's 2-1 in aggregate to Cove Ramblers. And if it stays like this, they'll be in the final against Waterford for the right to play Cork City in the promotion relegation playoff for the Premier Division. All right, like I was saying, Cork's Libby Coppinger, also one of the players involved in that uh, fantastic effort that we just heard from Orla Farmer about the uh, trip to Kenya uh, for the Plant the Planet Games. Uh, Libby has been speaking to Off the Ball, off the Ball's Ashling O'Reilly. Libby Coppinger, it's lovely to, to meet you here today. Tell us a little bit about why you wanted to get involved with this initiative and you're there as well last year. Yeah, um, like I was saying inside, it was just it was an incredible experience. Um, the people we met over there, I suppose their stories are just insane. Um, what they do and just how lucky we are is what really I took away from it and how much we have. Um, but yeah, just I guess to be part of something so special, um, really about leaving a legacy last year. Um, and when we got the chance to go again, you know, I think a lot of us were saying as soon as we got over there last year that it's something we want to do. And you know, since I had the opportunity to do it this year again, I was like, yeah, have to have to go. Um, but yeah, Alan's just incredible. South of Africa are incredible. The work they do, um, I get to see it in the flesh is just it's amazing um, but again it's the people over there that are just they have nothing but they they're the happiest people you'll ever meet so um, it's it's just so eye-opening yeah. and the plan is to hopefully plant a million trees what was it like doing that last year is it tough work um, yeah I guess we were really lucky to kind of go around and see loads of different areas within Kenya um, and do the planting into the different areas um, yeah like do you know, I guess we we were we weren't in charge of the, the million trees, but we got as many planted yeah. as we could when we were over there. Um 
and again yeah just you're delighted to see the impact it will have and they're so grateful over there for anything we're doing um, because they know the impact it'll have for their future generations which is it's, it's great to see yeah and does it have an impact on you as well as a, as a person Alan was just speaking there that a lot of the players that came back had such a good season as well so maybe it's a appreciating coming back and being able to play and obviously you've seen firsthand over there that they, they don't have a lot exactly I think that's something definitely coming back the first couple of weeks were hard because you're just getting back to your routine and you're kind of you're not trying to like I suppose not you, de- you definitely won't, don't want to park it but it's very hard to forget it I guess yeah. um, and like that this year you kind of just I suppose focused on the little things you know anything we have is such a minor issue compared to what they're going through um, so yeah like I said the eye opening experience you just you're learn to be way more grateful for everything we have and kind of try not to sweat the little things then yeah absolutely and a very successful season obviously winning the All-Ireland in the Camogie something that you've wanted to do I'm sure for about five years now (laughs) (laughs) yeah give or take well you've experienced it before but then you had about five years of not winning it so you wanted to get back there must have been an amazing feeling yeah look getting over the line um, it's something special and you know battling that it's very similar to going over it like it's, it's different but like the gratitude we have being over there and the experience we had there but the feeling of getting over the line with the people um, that you've battled hard with um, it's it's yeah bottling it up would be I'd love to have a bit of it again um, but yeah it was a very sweet one and like that we're you know not that we can't say we're waiting too long because you know we're lucky in a sense but um, yeah I felt like a long time in Cork and tell us about the celebrations um, Hannah Looney coming down the River Lee was a picture uh, it was you know every team needs a Hannah Looney um, but yeah it was great you know I think because I guess I was that bit younger when we were um, celebrating the last time as well you kind of almost forget what it's like we were even saying we, we forgot how to celebrate but um, we found a few new ways this year but um, yeah she's, she's brilliant and look everyone was just in flying form um, for a few days yeah oh that's good and with the football then obviously you're a dual player there's about four dual players on the Cork team not as many as maybe previous years gone by um, it's something we don't want to see die out of the game and I'm sure for yourself it's something you don't want to see die out of the game but it's frustrating every year we see the same thing year in year out that you know there's fixture clashes and everything like that what do you hope is done for next year that there's change yeah look I just love a bit of um, you know something that they could get right this year is just an agreement agreement that will stick to that look if there's a game clash one will change if Camogie changes first Camogie change or f- yeah, f- sorry Camogie change first football will change the next yeah. time or put them that we're always playing one on a Saturday and one on a Sunday um, you know look we, we don't you know forget the fact that it is a very hard thing to schedule different games and you know we're not the only team that you have to factor into it. but I just don't think that it's um, impossible to do either you know we're not looking for different weekends or anything we're looking for 24 hours um, and like I think from what I gather teams are very willing to accommodate it's just a case of having the, the rules in place that like it's not a case of if it's changed it's a case of it's definitely changed and you know yeah well said there from Lippy Coppinger also one of the uh, people involved in the trip to Kenya that we heard about from Orla Farmer, uh, who's speaking with Jar. It is full time at St. Coleman's Park. Cove Ramblers have done it. They're into the first division playoff final. Uh, they've beaten Wexford on aggregate. Have finished one all on the nice two one on aggregate. And Cove Ramblers now play Waterford next Friday. All right. Before we finish up, there were joint winners of the Rebel Oak Award for September. Douglas and Erog were named winners yesterday uh, at the function after being crowned Premier One and Two Football Champions, respectively. Uh, Cork's Red FM are proud media partners to the awards. Erog boss Harry O'Reilly told Rory. Uh, their victory is a testament to the hard work that has been going on in the club. Harry, first off, um, congratulations. I suppose to be honoured by Rebel Oak as the team of the month. It's a great honour for the club. Huge honour. Yeah, we had a fantastic year between under 17 and under 18. Uh, but it's lovely to be invited to these awards and to win one is fantastic. Like, so we're delighted. And for the lads as well, it's great for them. I suppose to be recognised as I suppose the best in the county. That's it. Like uh, as Michael said, there, Cork's a huge county with 110 teams playing in minor football championship alone. So to be at the, the top table and to win an award like this is, is just brilliant like yeah. talk to us about the squad that you have I mean, they seem like a very close united bunch inside there they're a lovely bunch of lads it's my first year involved with them um, 
we won the under 18 P2 football and Division 1 hurling as well and we had only 5 lads on the age under 18 so yeah. it was mostly backbone by under 17s and under 16s so we kind of knew after going well in that that we had a strong squad coming into, into the under 17s so um, we brought up a couple of under 15s to supplement them as well and uh, the whole thing just kind of came together mm. I suppose we had a couple of okay performances earlier in the year but just a couple of weeks before the semi-final everything started to click and come together and we played exceptionally well in the semi-final and the final so. and that success doesn't happen overnight it's a testament I suppose to the hard work that's gone on in the club over the last number of years oh yeah without a doubt um, the, the rest of the mentors here now Kieran Murphy uh, Donald Hurley Pat Beechner um, Ogie Sheehan Aidan O'Neill all those boys they've been with this gang coming up the whole way mm. and uh, they put in a lot of work into them and even over the last couple of winters they trained them away in bad weather and good weather and every kind of thing so it all paid off in the end it certainly yeah. did yeah. yeah and final night against Bandon under lights and park you're in doesn't get better than that does it no that was brilliant uh, and our semi-final was in the Mardak as well lovely place to play as well and it would have been the first time the lads played and probably in those pitches and under lights as you say and good atmosphere and everything and there were both good evenings and we played our best football of the year in the two most important games which was, was very pleasing yeah, exactly yeah. Yeah. and I suppose success breeds success it's great for the club as a whole I guess that's it um, like I was involved with the seniors there for years and we're after coming up to through the ranks for up to senior in the last couple of years there and um, we've had a couple of lean years with lads coming through we haven't had many younger lads coming through making the senior team so you need to be kind of supplementing that team every year you need two or three coming mm. through so this this uh, we've a couple of good under 18s and how we're coming through this year and to be a good few of these lads that will make the senior team as well they're, they're very good players so we would expect them to come through for us yeah. thanks very much thank you yeah, and Douglas Boss, Richard Barry says it was a great year for his team. All right, Richie, yeah, congratulations. First off, on um, the Rebel Oak Award, it's a, it's a great honour, I suppose, to be recognised by Rebel Oak as the team of the month. Yeah, thanks, Willie. Um, no, we were delighted to win it. We were delighted to win it, really. We were joined with their Oak. Um, I seen their final as well. It was a good final, like our own. It was close enough, you know, for a, a good bit of it. Um, that's all, really. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Talk to us about the, the year you've had, I suppose. I mean, like to be crowned champions is no easy feat, and imagine a lot of hard work has gone in the background to get you to this stage. Well, we put in a lot of work, all right. Um, you know, there was a lot of fellas missing with it. They were playing with squads and hurling and football around, so we didn't have the, you know, our full panel. And, you know, we, they came in trubs and drabs, so it was hard to get a lot of work done early, but we tipped away in small numbers and we. We built up as the year went on and, you know, things came together then. Um, we played Bishopstown the first game. Um, you know, we were poor in the first half against Bishopstown. We drove on the second half and we built momentum after that then, really, probably. Yeah, and for the lads uh, inside, like, they seem like a very united squad and I suppose you don't win trophies if you're not a united squad. No, they're united and they've, they've, they, you know, they train hard and they've been a crack then after and that's, that's what you want, really. You know, it's, you can't take it too serious either. That's the key at that level, is I suppose, it's just enjoying it, and I suppose those lads seem to be enjoying it. Enjoying it, yeah, and you know, the war, now when they come back on, on the 19th, you know, they'll be all together again in mm. Black Tie Affair, and they'll have another bit of a crack then, you know, so, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, uh, and the final end park, you're in, I mean, like, you had an excellent performance, and an excellent win, it probably couldn't have gone better for you, could it? No, we, 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 we had a good performance. Um, no, we should have been further ahead, I thought, in the first half. We missed two kind of goal chances. I think we went in two points ahead. Uh, into the second half and you know shooting boots weren't on on the night but we still got over the line we did enough you know I thought we were better on, on the night you know Congratulations No matter Thanks very much Yeah excellent stuff there Douglas and Arrow the joint September winners for the Rebel Oak Award Alright that is it for me on tomorrow's show big one from uh, Rory he'll be here from 6pm uh, AD Mullins is going to be in studio MMA star here in Cork he's also uh, going to be speaking to Jim Crawford and he'll have reaction, of course, to tomorrow's Premier Senior Football Championship fun between Nemo Rangers and Castlehaven. And uh, he's going to be talking about the Rugby World Cup final as well, which takes place this evening. So plenty to look forward to. Enjoy it all and enjoy the jazz as well and the rest of your bank holiday weekend. Uh, thank you for listening. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM.